0: Amen. Excellent. Well, we are going to continue in our series that we began last week. And last week we began a brand new um, series of teaching that's entitled, By My Spirit. By My Spirit. And it's taken from this verse in Zechariah 4, verse 6, where it says, Not by might, nor by power, but by My Spirit, says the Lord God Almighty. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord God Almighty. Now last week we didn't really get time to look at actually where that came from. Let me do that very quickly before we go into uh, today's thoughts. But this is a moment where Zechariah is a priest and a leader, a prophet of Israel at a time when the Jewish people, if you know the Old Testament, have gone back to rebuild the temple that has been destroyed. And so in this season, in this moment, he's getting a lot of night visions. And he has one specific night vision where God speaks to him these words. It's not by might. Everybody say, not by might. (laughs) Nor by power, (laughs) but by my spirit. spirit. In other words, he was saying to Zechariah, the rebuilding of a temple is not going to happen through human intellect and strength alone, but it's going to happen by his spirit. And we began this series last week by saying that if we want to live an overcoming life of victory, which I believe every single one of us do this morning, if we want to experience that life, if we want to see positive change in our lives and in our world, if we want to make the most of this Kairos season that we've been talking about, if we want to walk on the right pathways, as we've been saying, if we want to know that we're in the very will of God for our lives, all this stuff that we've talked about so far, in 2023 Then that is not going to come about by us trying harder. Well, it's not going to come about by us being cleverer, but it's going to come about by God's spirit working within us. And so last week we began this series by looking at that, and what we're doing in this series is pausing to speak about the Holy Spirit, and specifically to talk about his role in my life and in your life as a born-again believer. We're asking some important questions. What does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Reminding ourselves of these important fundamental questions. What does it look like to be led and empowered by the Holy Spirit on a daily basis? And so on and so on. And so last week we began with some pretty fundamental questions because if you don't have a foundational understanding in place then we'll never actually truly experience and live in the fullness of this gift that God has given to us called the Holy Spirit. And so last week we took some time to ask some questions such as who is the Holy Spirit? If you remember last week we talked about the temple system in the Old Testament. We talked about the high priest. We talked about the veil and if you're sat there thinking what on earth are you going on about this morning, you weren't here last week, then I'd really encourage you make sure that you listen to the message from last Sunday that will be uploaded onto our website and the app this coming Tuesday along with this message uh, so that you've got that foundational understanding. But we really drove home this point that it was always God's plan for his spirit to live within his people. It was always the plan of God, That today you and I can know the Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that hovered over waters at the moment of creation. The same Spirit that the Bible says raised Jesus from the dead. That very same Spirit, we can know Him. Not externally to us, like in the olden days with the temple system, but we can know Him personally within, internally within our lives. We spoke last week that it's the Holy Spirit who enables us to be born again that enables us to be sealed, that enables us to be regenerated. And again, if you're thinking, what on earth are you going on about? All of that is in last week's message. But we focus in on this truth that God also wants to fill us with his Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. says, do not be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So God wants to fill our lives with His Spirit, which, as we said, is not a one-off event back way back when, whenever it happened for you. But it's an ongoing experience, an ongoing invitation for us to be filled once again with the Holy Spirit. But the question that we asked at the end of last week's message, and the question that I want to ask again today at the beginning as we look at some thoughts again today is simply this. Are you living filled? Are you living filled? filled because the holy spirit doesn't want to remain inactive in our lives and remember last week we used at the end that this analogy this illustration of a dormant volcano remember this that has provoked a lot of great conversations with people over the last seven days as they allowed that analogy to take root in their lives but i said last week that as a, I didn't do great at school, but I remember something about geography. And in geography, and I'm not going to try and teach you this morning, I'm not equipped to do that, but I do remember this, that there were different types of volcanoes, right? There are volcanoes that are exploding, they're active. There are volcanoes that are extinct. But then there are also these volcanoes that are known as dormant volcanoes. And dormant volcanoes have all the power, all the ability, in theory, they could erupt at any point, and yet it remains dormant, silent and inactive and I believe that for far too long too many in the church have been dormant too many spirit-filled believers have been full of God's power full of his ability full of his fruit but haven't actually been living in that way we don't want that to be us at family church amen we don't want to be people who one day were filled with God's spirit You say, oh, yeah, yeah, I was filled with the Spirit of God in 1970. I was filled with the Spirit of God in 1997, 2010, whenever it was for you, a couple of weeks ago. We don't want to be looking back at one day when we were filled with the Holy Spirit. We don't want to be doing that and then now living empty, day to day, trying to do things in our own strength, trying to do things in our own ability and capability. No, no, we want the Holy Spirit to lead us, empower us, and be displayed for our lives on a daily basis. We don't want to be dormant Christians. We want to be those that are active and allowing the Holy Spirit to be active in our lives. Because listen, it's one thing for the Holy Spirit to be present in your life. It's another thing for him to be ruling and reigning in your life. I heard this analogy recently when somebody spoke on the Holy Spirit at our Assemblies of God conference and it really stuck with me. The simple analogy that the Holy Spirit can be present... Or otherwise he can be ruling and reigning. And, and the guy said, you know what, it's a bit like when you stay at a hotel. But when you stay at a hotel, you are present, right? You are there. And you get given a, a room key with access to your room. But you can't go everywhere that you want. There are other rooms that you can't go into. Maybe you can go into the dining hall. Maybe you can go into the bar. But you can't just stroll into the kitchen and go to a fridge. You're not in charge. You don't get to choose what time breakfast is served. You don't get to choose what time dinner is. You don't get to decide what the decor is, right? It's not like you turn up for a couple of days at the hotel and come with your paintbrush and all that kind of stuff to change the decor of where you are staying. You are present there, but you're not ruling and reigning. You're not in charge. That's how many Christians are that they've got the Spirit of God present in their lives, but he's just there lying dormant. Now, put that alongside when you are at home. You are the king or the queen of your castle. You can do whatever you want when you want. You can eat what you want when you want. You can go into every single room in your house. Well, actually, well, if you've got teenage girls, you can go into most of the rooms in your house. I stop and correct myself in this moment but you have generally access to all areas. You can walk up to the fridge and have whatever you want. You decide for decor. Right There's a difference between our experience of being present in a hotel and living and ruling and reigning in our house. We want to be people who not only have the Holy Spirit present within us, but he is in charge. Amen. He is ruling and reigning. He is directing where we want to be. The Holy Spirit doesn't just want to be present. He wants to lead you and empower you. He wants to bring change to you and lead you in such a way that your life glorifies the Father. There is a difference. So, is the Holy Spirit active or inactive in your life? These are rhetorical questions for us to be thinking on right now. Is He just present, or is He actually ruling and reigning in your life on a daily basis? Okay. So, what does that actually look like? I've said about Him ruling. What does that actually look like on a day-to-day basis? Now, there's many things the Holy Spirit wants to do, but let me just outline a few this morning, and we're going to focus in on one. He wants to demonstrate his power within you. He wants to demonstrate his power within you. Now that doesn't mean that you go strange and, and you're like walking around like the Incredible Hulk. It means that, like we said at the moment, you can lay your hands on the sick and pray for them and, and see them recover. It means that you can prophesy. It means that you carry the authority. It means that you have the armour of God that we're going to look at in future weeks. It, it means that you are walking with god's power listen do we believe that the very same spirit that raised jesus from the dead and gave him new life is now resident in us if we do then let's not kid ourselves and walk around like he has no power but maybe we're not allowing him to display his power for us he wants to transform us bit by bit into being more like jesus you say, oh, I could never change. That, that era of my life, this is changing, but that era of my life, I will always be that way. This will always be a hang-up. I will never see that change. Well, yeah, probably because death and life are in the power of a tone. But actually, you could make the decision. Actually, I can't change that, but the Holy Spirit can change that in my life. But I don't need to respond that way anymore. He wants to comfort us. You know, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is a comforter. When you're grieving... When you're in pain, when you're at loss, the Holy Spirit comes in your suffering and he comforts us. He wants to help us. And then the Bible says this, and this is a bit that I want to focus in on for the rest of our time today. He wants to lead us. John chapter 16, 13 to 15 says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I say the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. Now when it says that the Holy Spirit will guide you, Jesus used this word, Hedugio, which means this, he will lead you. That's what the meaning of that word is when it says he will guide you. He will lead you. So part of the reason why God has given you his Holy Spirit is because he wants to lead you. In the Old Testament, he's to lead his people externally by the way of the law. Today, he wants to lead you internally by the leading of the Holy Spirit. And actually, do you know, when we live a Spirit-led life, when we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us, it demonstrates that we actually are born again and that we are children of God. He you say, well, hang on, I thought everybody was a child of God. No, Scripture teaches us that everybody is God's creation, but we become God's children when we place our faith in Jesus and his finished work and his death, burial and resurrection. Listen to this, Romans chapter 8, verse 9. I just want to lay our foundation and we're going to look at practically how the Holy Spirit leads us. It says, You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but you are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his Spirit who lives in you. Therefore, we have an obligation. But it is not to the flesh... To live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Now listen to this. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. So here Paul recognizes, let me just teach for a moment, that there is our old life, which is the flesh, is how he terms it, the self-life of who we were, that has now been usurped by the life of God's Spirit. And His Spirit, which remember is not external to us, it's now within us, the Holy Spirit is in us, will lead you into God's way. So when you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you on a day-by-day basis, you are showing yourself to be part of the family of God. You are showing yourself to be God's child. Because if we're going to live a really Spirit-led life, we've got to understand and acknowledge that there is a before and there is an after to our life with Jesus. The dividing line being when we placed our faith in Jesus. So let me explain this a little bit more. Before you become a follower of Jesus, before we are born again and we're able to be filled with God's Spirit, who leads our life? Us. Right? It was you who was in charge. You made all the decisions. You chose. It was the self of who you are that drove every single response. decision it was the soul of who we were that said no this is the way I want it we were living life completely without God because we didn't have a spirit of God within us now when we're this side of the cross of Jesus Christ and we've placed our faith in him and we're filled with his spirit it's not automatic that the Holy Spirit will lead us but we're given a choice because he adds his spirit to our soul now we're in that place where God does not remove your personality okay sometimes you see people who are born again you're like what happened to you where did your personality go God gave you your soul He, he you still have the same personality you still have the same quirkiness you still have the same sense of humor hopefully it's cleaned up a little bit but you still have that same kind of sense of humor you are still you that's why if you ever meet a Christian and suddenly they're not who they were completely listen our identity has changed but God has made you to be you But then we're left with a choice. Do I allow the soul to continue to be in charge on a day-to-day basis? Do I allow the flesh, my self-life to make the decisions? Or do I allow myself to be led by the Holy Spirit? Are we going to live Spirit-filled and Spirit-led? Are we going to allow the Holy Spirit access all areas to actually lead us and change us into transformational change? Are we going to be dormant volcanoes? Or are we going to be born-again believers who are filled with God's Spirit and actually seeing change as a result? So being a Spirit-led believer means two things. Number one, acknowledging His presence and His authority. We've looked at that already. But the second thing is this, allowing Him to lead us. God won't force you to be led by His Spirit. He can't. But it's our choice, which will we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us in our everyday life? Okay, let's get practical with this. Where and how does the Holy Spirit lead us? And there's a number of things that we could look at. I've just picked a few this morning that I believe are important. The first thing is this, the Holy Spirit leads us into truth. We read a moment ago, John chapter 16, But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide, which remember means lead you, he will lead you into all truth. Truth. So the Holy Spirit will lead us into truth. How important is that in this day and age? Where there are so many versions of truth out there my truth, your truth, post truth, pre truth. Uh, Just we just make up new versions of truth to fit with what we want to believe is true. I'm so thankful that the Spirit of God comes to live within me and can lead me not into somebody else's truth, not even into my truth, but into the truth as dictated by God. Now remember, one of the gifts that the Holy Spirit wants to give to us is discernment. The ability to know what is true and what is not. And that's a gift not to be just used at a prayer meeting. It's a a gift to be used on a daily basis in our lives. The Holy Spirit wants to help you understand what is true and what is not. Sometimes as a Spirit-filled believer, you just get that feeling that this isn't right, this person Is not right. This business deal is not right. This choice that we're making is not right. And it doesn't suddenly have to be this really spiritual thing. God wants to help you in every single day. The big things that we would label as spiritual, the smaller things. I've shared before. Once, when Kirsty and I bought a car and we were driving home, and I said, "How are you feeling?" She said, "I want to vomit." I said, "I'm the same." Like it was just. It wasn't. It wasn't like the colour of a car. It wasn't my driving. Just to clarify. It was just neither of us had a peace. We discerned it was I, I don't know why I can't stand here and say, "Well, this is what happened in the end. It, it actually only had free will. So not fancy that) It may have been perfectly, but we just discerned something wasn't right. There was peace that was lacking from our lives. And i give that example because I don't want you to think that it's only, you know, that the Spirit, God every single day wants to lead you into truth, wants to help you discern, should I go for this house or this? Should I take on this person to do whatever it is I'm asking them to do? Whatever it might be, he wants to lead you into truth. He wants to lead us away from false teaching. Do you know the Holy Spirit will always lead you into truth? And the Bible says that in the last days, even some of the elect will be deceived. We're going to make sure that we're allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us into truth. So he leads us into truth. But here's another one. He leads us away from sin. Galatians 5, 16 to 17. So I say, walk by the Holy Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Remember the self-life, who we were before. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. In other words, as we touched on earlier, we are left with a daily choice. Am I going to respond according to my flesh? My factory setting? How I've always responded? The way I've always been around people? Or am I now going to allow the Holy Spirit to lead me away from that into a way that is more like the life of Jesus. Galatians 5.25 Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Now you might be thinking, well, why should I want to be led by the Holy Spirit? Good question to ask, because otherwise i just stand up here and say, let's be led by the Holy Spirit. You're like, yeah, and then you go on and live your life and it makes no difference. Here's the why behind the what. When we live life according to the flesh, and I speak from experience, it will lead to chaos and destruction in our lives. Every single time you walk according to the flesh, it will not result in something good. The Bible says it results in death, death of whatever it is in your life. You have a choice. Now, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that we are living in a very broken and fractured world right now. Why? Because people are following the flesh. People are choosing to be led by the flesh. Galatians five nineteen to 21, Paul shows the outcomes of that. He says the acts of the flesh. What's the act? The, the results of being led by the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discords, jealousy fits of rage selfish ambition dissensions factions and envy drunkenness orgies and the like i warn you as i did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of god the holy spirit wants to lead us away from destructive patterns in our life the holy spirit wants to help you with anger the holy spirit wants to help you with jealousy The Holy Spirit wants to lead you away from that stuff. But it's our choice because every day there will be moments. Do I be led by how I've always lived? Or do I allow the Holy Spirit to lead me in a new direction for my life? And that's not just something that happens in the first six months of being a Christian. You can be a Christian for 60 years. You'll still have this battle within you. And it's a choice of letting the Holy Spirit lead you. Am I just going to respond how I always have done? Am I going to get angry and prideful and jealous? Am I going to give in to sexual temptation? Am I going to respond in this way? Uh, what, What am I going to do that will lead to destruction and chaos? Or am I going to allow the Holy Spirit to lead me into the life of God? Now, you may say, well, how do I know? How do I know it's the Holy Spirit speaking? Really simple answer. It will be the complete opposite of what your flesh desires. You say, well, how do I know it's the Holy Spirit? Okay, what is your flesh telling you to do? The Holy Spirit is telling you to do the exact opposite of the way you want to respond to any given situation. Because the Bible says they are in conflict with one another. We are left with a choice. Who will we be led by? Okay, the Holy Spirit leads us into truth. He leads us away from sin. Here's a few more before we close. The Holy Spirit leads us in prayer. Now some people, and you may include yourself in this, but you won't necessarily respond in this moment, but internally you know for some people, they find prayer difficult. For some people, they find prayer maybe even boring. For some people, they know they probably should pray. The Bible speaks about it in a positive way. They've heard testimonies of what prayer does. There's probably even a desire within them to pray. But this aspect of their Christian life has never actually been effective or powerful or purposeful. Do you know the Holy Spirit wants to help us with that? Romans chapter 8.26 Reading from the Amplified, it says, In the same way, the Spirit comes to us and helps us in our weakness. We do not know what prayer to offer or how to offer it as we should, but the Spirit himself knows our need, and at the right time intercedes on our behalf with sighs and groanings too deep for words. The Holy Spirit wants to help and lead us in our prayer life. Amen. Whether we're using our normal everyday language, or whether we're using what I would term our heavenly language. Now, the Bible talks a lot uh, about praying and speaking in in tongues. And if you're new to church this morning, or new to this faith journey, you think, what on earth does that mean? Speaking in tongues, what, what does that mean? And really, it's an understanding, simply, that the Holy Spirit comes to dwell within us, and he has a language. It's a heavenly language. Now, one of the things that the Holy Spirit can give to us is a an initial sign. It's not the sign, but one of the initial signs of being filled with the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. speaking in this heavenly language that you have been given. Now, as I'm really keen to stress, it's not the only evidence. Okay, so sometimes we make an idol out of this. Sometimes people get hung up over this because there's many people who don't speak in a heavenly language, but are living lives that are so fruitful of the Holy Spirit and living in the power of the Holy Spirit. But it is a gift that the Holy Spirit gives to those who desire it. It's not something to be scared of, neither is it something to be made an idol of. But when we pray in the Holy Spirit. When we pray in tongues, when we use our heavenly language, whatever terminology you want to use this morning, the Bible says it does a number of things for us. The Bible says that it strengthens our inner man, it strengthens us spiritually. The Bible also says that when we pray in our heavenly language, we pray the perfect Prayer. So sometimes there's going to be moments where there's situations you don't even know what to pray for. You don't know what what God's will is even in that situation. You're like, God, I just don't know what to do in this moment. I don't even know what to pray in this moment. In those moments and in other moments as well, the Holy Spirit wants to help you. Now there's much more that we could say on that, and we'll come back to that at another point. But it's important that we understand the Holy Spirit wants to lead us. In prayer, the Holy Spirit also wants to help help us and lead us in reading the Bible. The Holy Spirit is our great teacher. John fourteen twenty five to twenty six. I am telling you these things now, while I am still with you. But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Do you know one of the best ways to read the the, the Bible? is with the Holy Spirit teaching you and we can have many great books and resources and concordances and and, and different tools on the internet and we can sit under great teaching but the greatest teacher of our lives will always be the Holy Spirit because what he'll do is he'll take the Bible from just being any old book from being a book that you feel you should read because Christians have told you should to being something that is living and active and changes your life do we believe that this morning? The Holy Spirit wants to teach you what the Word of God is speaking into your lives. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of wisdom and revelation. That's why when you read the Bible just naturally, it will just be a book. You may read the Bible, I don't, I don't know, seven times front to back every year. If you don't allow the Holy Spirit to teach you, it will just remain head knowledge. You can know everything about the geography. You can know everything about the Old Testament battles. You can know everything about the culture and the time it was written in. But if the Holy Spirit doesn't lead you and teach you, it will remain head knowledge, not heart revelation. What the Holy Spirit wants to do is take the reading of a text from being something that's just up here to being something that changes you in here. So I want to encourage you, when you read the Bible, pray. Holy Spirit, would you teach me? And maybe it's far better than instead of trying to read chunks of scripture just for head knowledge, you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you in reading just a passage and say, Holy Spirit, would you teach me and lead me into all truth for the rest of today? You watch what it does to how you read the Bible. And here's the final one. We've looked at four things that the Holy Spirit helps us in that that really is about our life. Let me just end with one that is actually about other people. But the Holy Spirit not only wants to lead you into all truth and lead you away from sin and help you read the Bible and help you to pray, but the Holy Spirit wants to lead us in our evangelism. You say, well, what's evangelism? Telling people about Jesus. Telling people the good news. The Holy Spirit helps us when we're trying to share the gospel message and trying to share our story of what Jesus has done. Now, here's the reality. You cannot open anybody's heart to the gospel. You cannot. And for many people here, maybe you've been trying and you've been talking to someone and you're growing frustrated. I keep telling them about Jesus, but, but, but it's just not happening. Listen, you cannot open anybody's heart to the gospel message, but the Holy Spirit within you can. That's why when Peter was in that moment and he preached on the day of Pentecost, the Bible says that they were listening, but all of a sudden it wasn't head knowledge. Something happened in their lives because there was a change within them by the leading of the Holy Spirit. Now when we talk about the Apostle Paul, he can be a hero of the faith. People can say, oh, Paul, he would preach the gospel and he displayed power. Well, listen to what he says about himself. 1 Corinthians 2, 1 to 5, final verses. It says, When I first came to you, I didn't use lofty words or impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling. My messages and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen to this, I did this so you would trust, not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. Paul says, when it comes to the gospel, when it comes to sharing my story, I relied on the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus says to his disciples, and you will receive power and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth, telling people about me. Listen, if Paul needed the Holy Spirit... If Jesus said that it's the Holy Spirit that will give you power to tell others about him, then I believe I need the Holy Spirit, and I believe you need the Holy Spirit too. Now time doesn't allow us to go into it in full detail, but the Holy Spirit, when you allow him to, will lead you. He will lead us to speak to certain people. The Bible shows you that. And so sometimes there'll be moments where you're walking and, or, or you're just sat having dinner with a group of friends or, or you're, you're just different situations and you just know the Holy Spirit is saying, speak to that person. Speak to that person. Tell them about Jesus. And you may think, well, why is it all these other people I've, I've not really reached out to today? But there's just an impression on your heart. The Holy Spirit is leading you in that moment. Acts chapter 8, there's a moment where Philip is sent to the Ethiopian to speak about the gospel message. He was led by the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit will lead you to certain people. The Holy Spirit will help you overcome natural fear. Look at Peter, round the campfire in that moment that we know so well where he denies even knowing Jesus. And yet the other side of the day of Pentecost, filled with the Spirit of God, he stood and he's preaching to thousands. Now 3,000 are saved and baptised. He's preaching to more than that, thousands of people. And he's saying, you killed Jesus. From the one who denied the very knowledge of being a friend of Jesus to the one who stood and said, you killed the Messiah. Do you realize the moment, the context, the religious crowd listening to him who had been horrified by what he was saying, but he had overcome any natural fear in that moment because he was relying on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says, will give you the words to say. You say, well, I'm not a great evangelist. Tell them about your life. Tell them about how Jesus has changed your life. Rely on the Holy Spirit. And He'll empower you with gifts. You know, the Holy Spirit wants to give you words of knowledge, but they're not going to be about you looking great, it's going to be about leading people to Jesus, giving you tools in your evangelism. The Holy Spirit wants to lead your life in so many different ways. But I come back full circle to our key questions. Are we going to be dormant Christians or are we going to be active ones? The choice isn't mine. The choice isn't even God's. The choice is yours as to a kind of life and a kind of Christianity. As I said last week, if you're bored in your Christianity, it's nothing to do with him. It's all to do with you. Didn't like that. But it's a reality. It's about us living in what God has already done for us. Are we going to settle for just being born again of the Spirit? Being sealed of the Spirit? Being regenerated by the Spirit? Now, don't get me wrong. Those things are amazing, right? If, If you stopped there, how amazing would that be? And yet that's only half of the story because the word says you can have all of that and more. You can have all of that and be filled with the Holy Spirit and live filled with the Holy Spirit. When it comes to walking in truth, when it comes to overcoming sin cycles in your life, when it comes to just telling people about Jesus, when it comes to praying, when it comes to reading the Bible, all these things that that could be such an adventure in your life if you allowed them to. Are you relying on your own strength? Are you relying on your own ability which I've had experience will only take you back to square one where you'll feel defeated, despondent and like you want to give up? Or are we going to understand and make the choice today? It's not by might. It's not by human power. But it's by god's spirit let's just close our eyes in this place this morning and just as we round off today before we head out to the gardens to just have some time of fellowship and if you're brand new today don't forget to fill out one of those cards and give them into the hosting team but before we close our service down today i just want to pray for you and just in this moment of reflection i want you to ask holy spirit what are you speaking to me not to the person next to you, behind you, your spouse, whoever. What are you saying to me? The Holy Spirit wants to lead us into truth. He wants to lead us away from sin. He wants to lead us in our in in study of the word. He wants to lead us in our prayer life. He wants to lead us as we tell people about Jesus. What is he speaking to you about today? Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word and I thank you that you speaking to us by your Holy Spirit does not end the moment this service ends but I pray that you would just continue to speak to us continue to challenge us as we're on this journey Holy Spirit even this week I thank you that this word would be a reminder in our lives and we would see change take place in one of those areas and more Holy Spirit I thank you that you have come as our comforter as our strengthener as our power but today Holy Spirit we ask you to lead us we don't want to be dormant we don't want to just have you present but not ruling and reigning Holy Spirit we surrender today in this moment we surrender pride we surrender being in charge we surrender all of those things and we say Holy Spirit would you do a work in us and would you do a work through us Individually and collectively, we pray. Father, I just thank you for this week that we're stepping into. May everybody under the sound of my voice this morning be blessed and know and experience your blessing in every single way that you have for us. Father, I thank you for a week of fulfilment. Father, I thank you for a week of getting to know you better. Father, I thank you for a week where we see your power at work in and through our lives, but we ought to display your fruit in and through our lives. And Father, I thank you that when we come together again next Sunday, it will be a time of rejoicing and celebrating all that you have done over the past seven days. To God be the glory. Great things he is doing, has done and will do in your presence precious name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you, Jesus.